How to Coach Someone Through Their Fears. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad you're here to talk a, another great episode mm-hmm. about coaching and mm-hmm. how it can really develop people and develop right. yourself and your organization. Absolutely. And it can be, it can change. I love working with organizations where I change the entire culture. This is going to be great. And I, the mm-hmm. topic today is fear. Fear. Right. Ooh. And I'm thinking, you know, with, uh, and what really brought it to my attention, I don't, I'm not trying to be dark humor or anything like this, but with the coronavirus going around mm-hmm. um, and the challenges that are, and it's, it's deadly, it's serious and all of that. But you know, with that, we all have uncertainty about what's going to happen in the future, what's happening with the stock market, what's happening with those kinds of things. And so fear begins to uh, overcome us and it changes our behavior. Right. But we also see it in the workplace. I'm not going to take the angle of, of that. There's a lot of, you know, podcasts out there on the coronavirus. But it, it was a great indication of fear is out there mm-hmm. and we're all impacted by it. And does fear you know, drive us in the direction of where we don't want to go? Does it keep us from things that we ought to do? And uh, I just think it's a great question to ask. And so we're going to talk today about how to coach somebody through fear and what questions you can ask uh, to deal with that. And despite the things that are going on in the world, Mm -hmm. everyone deals with fear every day about everything. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And um, this will will be a great tip for us. Right. Because last week we did the uh, podcast on you know, coaching confidence, which is just mm-hmm. another word for lack of, you know, lack of confidence or, or overwhelmed by fear or afraid to, to, to do something. So mm-hmm. it's another word for fear. And I love talking about how do we help people perform? How do we help them overcome challenges? And how can we help them grow? So, the, you know, today is, you know, how do we do that? And so one of the resources that I highly recommend for you and this is the book of beautiful questions by Warren Berger. He is not the famous Supreme Court justice, but uh, Warren Berger wrote a book, the book of beautiful questions, and he has a section in there how you can question and helps with something as primal and powerful as fear. Ooh, okay. And so we're going to basically take some of his questions he has in the book and then talk about them. That folks can use those to help them become better at asking questions. Are questions important to be a good coach? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question. I've got to work you. on that. Can I, can I do some homework on that and get back yeah, to you? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no question. No question. Uh, I had a conversation this week with somebody I was coaching and, and I said, what's the best way to, to handle this? And I, and they said, well, obviously questions. Like we said, yes. <laughs> yeah. The question is what questions to ask at this mm-hmm. juncture. And that's where, this person said, that's where I'm stuck. And I said, okay, yeah. that's where the homework is. What so, questions do you come up at this point to drive the organization forward? So this forward? is for our advanced students. They know there's a question, but what questions should be used right. when fear happens? All right. Right. I mean, the science of coaching is we know we got to ask questions. The art of coaching is with the right question at the right time for the right reason, for and, the right person. And isn't everyone that listens kind of advanced anyway? If they're this they're far along, this far. yeah, they're, they're this far along, they are truly advanced individuals okay, in the process. Good. And I love what Warren Berger said. Some of the questions he writes in here are just absolutely terrific, and I just love his book. And this is actually, I'm reading it the second time because it's so good, and I just highly recommend it so much. Uh, For those folks who may not have heard it the first time, it's just 
the book of beautiful questions. And I just think it's terrific. And so he's working with somebody or, or talking to somebody on how to overcome these fears. And one of the questions that is, what's one of your earliest memories of this fear? And how do you react to it? And I think that's a great question because if you, you can go back to your earliest memory and how did you react to it and how does it make you feel and what does it do, then you know that can be a great process going forward. One of the challenges I have, and I had an anxiety attack here probably about 15 years ago on a plane, so it made it very difficult for me to fly. And one of the things that my brother-in-law did for me for this last Christmas is he gave me those headphones that are noise-canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. And they have been absolutely terrific because where I had the anxiety arise was on the plane when it's on the tarmac and it's just idling. And it's just sitting there. And it drove, and it drives me nuts. It just reinforces, we're really? sitting here, okay. we're not going anywhere, I'm in a tube, I'm locked in, blah, blah, blah. And with the noise-canceling headphones, I can put those on, put some music on, and it completely changes that trigger Hmm. And so now I can sit on a plane and I work, I do other things. It completely changes the whole mindset of that process. And so sometimes it just takes an outside stimulus in order to help them. So is there something else that they could do Mm -hmm. to overcome that? Uh, But that's one of the things. So really the other thing I do with... Uh, on the plane is Xanax and bourbon. So if it gets too bad, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a little Xanax and bourbon to, yeah. uh, and, uh, but the amazing thing is I just can't give that to other people on the right, plane, you know, right. but, but, uh, yeah, but you know, think on all of those little $1 bottles and you yeah. just, you just sneak them on and they'll, it's and, under four ounces. You can get it on the airplane and, uh, consult your physician if that's absolutely. If that's yeah. Should you in fact you. do those? I do not recommend that. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just teasing. It was for humor's sake purposes well, only. Well, you know, it, it is funny because when you are afraid, you mm-hmm. do some things to calm yourself down. Some right. are healthy. Right. Uh, meditating, breathing, mm-hmm. uh, exercising. Some aren't. Right. As healthy. Right. Um, so this, this. Smoking, overeating. Sm- yes. Yeah. Right. All of those will Why do Why are you it. looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, dealing with fear and having these questions will mm-hmm. be helpful. Absolutely. And so I love that. What's your earliest memory of it? How do you react to it? And the anxiety they're playing on, I would just, you know, I would start to sweat and go, oh my God, I'm hot. I can't handle the heat in the plane and all this kind of stuff. And so I actually carry one of those little electric fans with me now. Okay. And I always have water with me. So if I get hot, I can actually, you know, splash my mm-hmm. face with water, run the fan on me. That's And so you just get that sense of at least the air is moving because sometimes it is pretty hot. Oh, yeah. Um, and then so how might things change if you were able to overcome this fear? And if I was able to overcome this fear, I could continue working. So I had to, I had to blow through the fear because okay. I couldn't at the time afford not to do that. So I think those are great questions. I'm just going to repeat them again just so people get a chance. Yeah. So it is, what is the earliest memory of this fear? How to react to it? What has it kept you from doing? How might things change if you were able to overcome this fear? Are great coaching questions that you could use with this, uh, with this. And then another one is, within this scary possibility, what excites me? And I think that is a great question. Before the podcast started, you and I talked about Patrick Holmes in the last Super Bowl in 54. Compared to Lamar Jackson, who won the MVP for the league this year, but when he was behind, I believe, against the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans were just playing a great game, and they were behind, and and he just kind of collapsed. Whereas the Chiefs also fell behind the Titans, twenty-four to nothing in the first quarter, mm-hmm. but Patrick Mahomes wasn't crushed by it; he was almost inspired by it. And so there are those people that 
you know, that thing that scares me, you know, is I'm going to conquer it. Yeah. As well as Lamar Jackson just seemed to be overwhelmed by the fear, and he just stopped from it. And you asked a great question earlier, and uh, do that question again, because that's just an absolutely brilliant question. I, I think it's just insightful to think about it and to talk about it. I, I don't know if this is the if this is the one you're talking mm-hmm. about, but is it something that is uh, part of that person? Or is it part of the culture? Right. Is that the question you're talking about? Right. Okay. Part of that culture, part of the person, you know, is it, can the leader in the organization help people do that? And mm-hmm. I think there there is a part of that. I had a conversation this week with a manager who was going through the process of hiring people and brought, you know, had a new position and wanted to bring some folks on and was interviewing folks and had seen a number of folks who had the job title. Uh, clearly, probably from the resume standpoint, had the resume, had the the experience, had the you know the job title, but truly, when they started asking questions, this person didn't have the responsibility to make the decisions that this person is looking for. So, we as leaders, if we truly are going to coach people, we release people and let them make decisions. That's why coaching is so important. Whereas these people that she was being interviewed, they were being micromanaged and it weren't helping those folks to grow. Therefore, it was stifling their growth. And then when they were, you know, applying for another opportunity, they couldn't get it. And so I think that's that's really, really an important question within this scary possibility. What excites me, but within the scary possibility, what's holding me back? And you can see people in two realms. And, and, and so that really the question is a manager, as a coach. Am I coaching people? And I think this is a great question to ask them. Am I coaching in a way that you are outside your comfort zone pretty often mm-hmm. so that you stretch and grow? Or are you, are you, am I controlling you so much or making so many decisions that you never stretch outside the comfort zone? Therefore, you never get scared. The only fear is making a mistake that I would view that you made right. rather than going out there and trying to make a mistake and then let's try to find a way around it. Right. And I think that's important for us as managers to understand those two distinctions. And, mm-hmm. I, and I hope that's what you were looking for Absolutely. in the discussion. Yeah, because that can really help you identify how to face the fears that you're already going to have. Right. And it seems as though people end up having the same fear all the time. Is that right. is there similar fears that you've seen? that uh, it repeats in their in someone's life or just similar in everybody they have the same type of fear? I, I think they're different for everybody. We've all got our own little monster in the closet okay. when we were a kid. And so it's you know it's just like the Monsters movie. There's, they've got all kinds of different monsters that, that occur. And I just think it's so important for us to kind of delve into our psyche. What is keeping us back? What's holding us back? What's, what's afraid? And it's like Ernest Shackleton compared to there was another Antarctic explorer, and his name has actually escaped me, but he went to the North Pole, and they both got stuck in the ice flow around the same time. But Ernest Shackleton's boat was crushed, fell to the bottom of the, you know, went to the bottom of the Weddell Sea, and they had to take three life rafts, one of them 800 miles, in order to go for safety. But he was, he was almost inspired by it. He, you know, his, motto of his family was by endurance we conquer and that was the name of the ship that got crushed and he actually just you know he led all those 27 men over two years sometimes literally sleeping on an ice flow you know you've got four or five feet of ice between you and the ocean and that's what's keeping survival and you're trying to eat penguins and seal and all of that and then how to keep that team together he was he was excited about the challenge and and keeping his team alive whereas the the gentleman that went to the north pole and the name escapes me, but it's okay. You can look for North Pole expeditions that end in mutiny and uh, death. 
And you can Google that one. Google that. But he left his team. He went away from his team. And so that's both a literal and a figurative process, though. Do we leave our team sometimes by themselves? I, I'll give you an example of this. I was talking to a gentleman last week, and he said, uh, he said one of the challenges he had with one of his managers is he went in to, to talk to him and said, I want to get the next promotion. We've got somebody who's getting close to retirement. He says, I want to be ready for that job. What should I do? And the manager said, oh, just keep your head down. You're doing great. Just do that. And then the promotion came around. They hired from somebody outside, and he was just furious. He went into his manager and said, and, and, and the manager yeah. never had the courage to say, you weren't, you were never going to be ready for this. You don't have the oh, skill man. sets, things like that. So that dishonesty, and now that guy has this fear of, you know, nobody will ever be honest with him again. And so he left the organization because so many times people leave managers rather than the job. And so now his fear is, you know, what's going to happen there? So to help somebody work through that, another great question that Warren Berger asked is, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen from this? Yeah. And I think that's, that's that a is, great question. It is a great question. And so, okay, if you try this, if you do this, what's the worst thing that could happen? Or to reverse that is uh, he was talking later in, the, in his book about a guy who was going to move to another city, move from New York to Seattle, and make $70,000 a year more. And uh, he was, you know, he, he was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's a big move, blah, blah, blah. But his friend asked him the question, well, if you were in Seattle making $70,000 more than you're making right now, but you could move back to your family and take a $70,000 pay cut, would you do that? And he goes, no. And I think that, that taking those questions, flipping it upside down, is such a powerful tool mm -hmm. when you're coaching someone is to do that. So I think that's it's just a great way to reframe it. I used to teach uh, the, the saying, eat a live frog in the morning and mm -hmm. The what else could be worse? What could be worse? Day? I forget, <laughs> forgot you even said that, but you use that because you can deal with the fear. Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? Can't get any worse than this. You know, that's about as bad as it's going to get. And is, does he suggest to try to identify things that have been similar? Meaning, uh, you ask the question, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. Well, where's a time in your life where something bad happened and look look how you dealt with it? Right. You know, or how you viewed it or things mm -hmm. like that. I was actually surprised by that. It's an interesting. That's an interesting question. I was looking at my, you know, because I'm getting the age. I'm 62 now. So looking at the age of when do I retire and all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I don't think I ever will because I love doing this. But, you know, I was looking at my Social Security. And, and so during the, the midst of the financial crisis, of course, I'm self-unemployed. So people stopped hiring trainers and speakers and things like that. And my income dropped by 50%. Ooh. But I kind of completely forgot about that. You know, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And so I remember that summer things were slow and I just painted the house. Yes. You know? And so I just painted the house and took care of that and took some care of some other things. And, and I just moved on and then continued to kind of market and hopefully, and then things turned around and I was back, you know, within two years back to the income I had before, but it was really interesting. But, you know, could you, in fact, face a 50% drop in income? But I do remember one consultant who, uh, I'll never forget, we went out to dinner one night, and he goes, what kind of car do you drive, and how many houses do you have? And I go, well, I just drive an old, <laughs> beat-up car, because I just go to the airport, yeah. and I drive rental cars the rest of the time, and I've got one house, because yeah. that's all my wife and I need. That's, that's the house your wife lets you live in. Exactly. She lets <laughs> me live there, and, you know. And, right. And, and so, but any the, the point is, the contrast with that, he also... Uh, in that process, you know, from the financial crisis, the guy that asked me that question actually owned three houses. And because the financial crisis came and hit, 
guess what? He actually had to file bankruptcy. Oh my! Because of all that, and so I just you know, it's, my fear was always having to file for bankruptcy. So I just lived way below my means mm-hmm. and always had money saved. And and if I had had two more houses, I probably would have gone bankrupt because I couldn't yeah. afford to to do all of that. Especially when the, your income drops by fifty percent, but you know the income drop, we still made it through. Life was good. So what? And now I look back and I go, hmm, that wasn't even bad at all. But it sometimes as as we go through this financial crisis that we're facing, and we saw the stock market drop like what three thousand points last week or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, some people are really getting afraid and, and fearful. Well, if they look at how much the stock market has grown, it's just gone down just a fraction. I mean, right. just a little bit. Could it go down more? Sure. But the, the thing is, if you're 40 or 50 years old and you've got another 10 years or 15 years of your cycle, there's no reason to be afraid. The market will come back. The economy will recover. We will get through this. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And so why be afraid of that? And I think that's an important key, too, is to, you know, will this pass? And the people forget all the amazing things they've done in the past. Right. They only focus on the fear. Right. And, and you know, and we've all been through difficult times before, so it's it's okay. Yes. You know, we this we shall pass this, too. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing is, and, and I love this, this qu- another question he has in here, courageous questions to overcome fear of failure. And what would I try if I knew I couldn't fail? Yeah. And that's uh, a, just a great, great question. And I believe that was actually a Robert Schuler question way back when. So it's just a great one. And then what is the worst that could happen is another way to phrase that. Um, and if I did fail, what would be the likely causes of that? And so that's, you know, that's almost a pre-mortem kind of, uh, rather than a, post, a post-mortem issue is if I did fail, what were the likely, what would be the likely causes? So if you can, if you know what the likely causes are, then address those, fix those and, and help to overcome those. Because if you've, if you've hedged your bet, you know, it's just like a, a great poker player. They don't win every hand, but they know enough about the players, the odds, the statistics, the data, mm-hmm. yeah. the information in front of them that on average, they're going to make better decisions right. than most. And so they go, okay. And they I, know they're not going to win every single time. Right. They can't. Because you've got to be, you've got to be a great poker player. You've got to be pushing people beyond their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you've got to be on your comfort zone. And so your un- un- comfort zone is, eh, maybe the odds of this one are only 55, 45. But I'm going to, you know, that's where I'm at. And those are the odds. And maybe if I get a little bit better than a coin flip, I could win that. So it, <laughs> it's just an interesting question. Those are great questions. And, and he's got, but wait. Oh, there's one more, huh? There's more. Oh, there's actually a couple more. Okay. And how would I recover from that failure if I did, in fact, fail? And I think that's okay. a great question. And what if I succeed? What would that look like? And I think that's a great question, too, because if you get focused on the fear, we sometimes don't look at what the success will look like. You know, b- being rocky on top of the steps. That's what Rocky looked like when he won. Uh-huh. And so you have that moment, seeing yourself being successful. Uh, so that helps you overcome the fear. I remember Zig Ziglar talking about when he first was thinking about being a speaker and he would just see people laughing so hard and almost rolling out in the aisles and laughing and he just, you know, he was just killing it. And so that was his, he, that's what draw him. You just want to be incredibly successful. And so you just got to have those kind of concepts. And then how can I take one step into the breach? You know, just one thing mm-hmm. that I can do to help me go past that. What's one thing I can do to, to help me do that? And I, I love Robert Schuler's quote on this is, we don't have a money problem. We have an idea problem. And I've always loved that quote. And so to go from that, if you're working with somebody on a sense of fear, then how can we generate more ideas to make more revenue? Uh, and how can we quickly and inexpensively test those ideas? So that's a great way to generate it too. Okay, we're afraid, but is there some ways that we can make some additional income? 
And then again, the great question is, what would I try if I knew I wouldn't fail? Yeah. And that is, in fact, Robert Schuler's question. And then I love this question: What if I could not fail? Ooh. Ooh. And and I think if you there's got, the thought bubble there, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and what if I could not fail? Uh, you know, I just try this. I'm going to go at it. But the thing is, I'm I'm truly convinced of this. If if you're truly curious about it, you love it, you want to do something, and if you continue to work at it. Um, you know, success is progress. It is not an event. And so, so often we think that success is winning the Super Bowl as the Chiefs did this year. And you and I are both huge yeah. Chiefs fans. We right. love that. But the challenge, the thing is that, that for them, it was training camp. It was the regular season. It was Patrick right. Mahomes getting hurt. It was Matt Moore being the backup quarterback. It was losing like four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming back out on the other side and things working well. And then the whole it, success was progress overcoming yes. all of those challenges. Certainly winning the Super Bowl was a great event, but they had to have all those steps along the way. Same with us. Success is yes. progress. And so focus on the success and not the fear. And then you can, you can move yourself uh, forward. Good. And then and the last one we'll leave you with is what would you do if you weren't afraid? Hmm. What would you do if you're not afraid? Right. Uh, I remember the other day I was I was going to do a speech in front of a lot of people for most folks to be, you know, and this guy asked me, he goes, did you ever get nervous? And I said, I get geeked up. I get excited. I don't get nervous. I mean, I want to make sure that I'm I'm on. I want to make sure that I'm high energy. I want to make sure that I've really delivered the, I have the right pauses and the right emphasis and the right stories, those kinds of things. That, you know, I'm afraid that I might mess that up. Mm-hmm. But am I afraid to get in front of the group? No, I want to energize them because I have things that can help them with their career, their life, their leadership. And I want to help transform people. And that, that is, the, you know, what some people are afraid of. I'm drawn to that. Yeah. And I would love to have overcome that, that scary process. So I think those are a lot of great questions that you can have. I'll actually put the questions in the, uh, the listener notes so that people can actually see the questions. But I highly recommend the book of beautiful questions by Warren Berger. And I would love to interview Warren uh, someday and just talk about this because he's just just done such a great job with that book. So I highly recommend it. The book is called the book of beautiful questions by Warren Berger. And it's just a, it's just a great, great book and I highly recommend it. And it just has wonderful questions you can use as a coach in order to help your people grow. And if you can help people overcome their fears, that is just a great, great thing that you would have. And then I've got one last point that was really a very fascinating. They had done a, stu- a study and asked people, do they typically pick uh, heads or tails on oh, a coin flip? Interesting. And what they found is those people that you know choose the heads, uh, they actually are typically happier than those people who chose the tails. Hmm. And the sense of, and then, you know, do you – and then they ask the question, do you typically – do you – the heads people were significantly happier than those that the tail people. And so it's just – it's a really fascinating concept. And are you drawn more to saying yes when opportunities arise or are you more drawn to saying no and playing it safe? Wow. But later on in life, it's – I think this is another great question to ask. And I ask people this that come up to me and they see me at a conference and they say, oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to be, I'm going to do what you do. And I, I have now gone to the point, I'm going to, I say, I'm going to ask you a question. And this, I will know within an, a fraction of a second of you hearing the question what you should do. Mm-hmm. 
And the question is, when you're 65 years old, will you regret not pursuing this? Right. And if they pause and go, uh, wrong answer. Mm -hmm. It has to be, no, I really want to do this. And the people that I've seen that have answered that question immediately, guess what? They have gone on, and I've helped mentor them and been successful. Those people that say, I don't know, wrong answer. Because they're they're not curious enough, they're not driven enough to pursue it. And it's not that it's a fear, it's just an indifference. And you've got to really be driven to do that. So... Yeah, indifference is is another way to really hold yourself back. Right, absolutely. And but 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 indifference is okay too. It means that this path is, you know, being a speaker and a consultant like me is not the path they want to choose. And I'm good with that. I'm completely good with that. Another test that I give them is, okay, I'll mentor you and, you know, I'll do it for free. But the question is this, when I give you homework and you don't do the homework, we're done. Okay, because yeah. you've told me right then That's and there. Not right, it's not important to you. If, if, if we have a phone call set up a month from now and you don't have the homework done, you just call me and say, I don't have the homework done. And great. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, you're right. Have a great day. It's good, you know, good talking to you. Wish you the best. Go from there. Mm-hmm. But the other people that I've actually mentored and I've given the homework in two days after, two days after we've had the phone call, 28 days before the next one is scheduled, they send me an email and say, I'm done with that. Do you have anything else you want to suggest before we have the phone, next you phone call? Just tell. Right. Then, you know, they're they're so driven towards it that they want to succeed at it. And that's the key, too, with regards to, you know, what what about this thing that's scary excites you? I think that's a great question mm-hmm. to ask people when they're facing fears, because fear is an incredible thing. But, you know, let's face it. I've been in a lot of plane crash. I mean, I've plane crashes, <laughs> but been in a lot of planes. They could have crashed. Right. I never worried about it. Uh, so why worry about the risk of the coronavirus? Live your life, you know. Do I wash my hands? All of those things. Absolutely. But, you know, life's a fragile thing. Enjoy the moment. Go from there. What people shouldn't be afraid of is mm-hmm. contacting you if they have questions. Absolutely. How can they contact you? It is very, and, and actually, we'll even give them something. If they were afraid okay. of signing up for Coaching Manager University, the very first person that sends me an email and says, I want to join Coaching Manager University, I will give them a free scholarship. Those, so just eliminate the fear of having to pay for it. There you go. You could get it absolutely free. So the Coach Manager University is a 52-module program that people can take to actually delve deeper into what we're doing right here and gives them an opportunity to really study the art of coaching in depth. Uh, and so we take them through uh, two resources that are great on that. The other thing they can do is they can also send me an email at rory at uh, coachingmanager.university. So it's rory at coaching manager.university and send me an email there or look me up on the website royroland.com and happy to do it okay great well thank you very much we'll see you next time thank you paul thanks for listening to coaching for potential with rory roland join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching this has been a kctk production produced by paul lavoda and rory roland For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.